0: All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers, tools and tactics, so much knowledge and information, um, and what I consider a real estate titan very special guest in Future Titan for today, Steve Murray, the man behind Real Trends. I'm super excited. Thanks so much, Steve. Greg, thanks for coming. It's an thanks for, honor. Thanks
1: for having me on. Yeah, and, and this is yeah. great.
0: We're in your space in the headquarters of Real Trends, so I'm really, really excited just to to dive into your story and, and what drives you, motivates you, Steve, and just to kind of share that with the audience. So if you're ready, let's just knock it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, interesting enough, November 1, um 1987, no pardon me, 1986. Okay. So just just past 33 years ago, now we're in our 34th year, a woman named Lori Moore who had a background in residential brokerage with Long and Foster and some other companies, we'd met along the way through a network I was running. We'd always talked about doing something together. I was running a national network at the time called Equitable Realty Network, which was part of Equitable Relocation. And frankly, corporate life didn 't suit me that well. I had some people i didn 't uh, get along with well, sure, my fault as much as theirs. <laughs> Lori and I decided November one 1986 I left a perfectly good paying job mm. hanging out with leading brokerage companies, and we started real trends and our whole Our whole concept at that time was there was no trends newsletter mm. at the time. there was no like trends reporting, and we both were interested in that. Mm. So um, her great creative talent, she came up with the name Real Trends, designed the logo, came up with the whole concept of how we were gonna package it. I knew and was familiar with a lot of brokerage companies, so I had a good Rolodex, so to speak. And we issued our first Real Trends May 1, 1987. Hmm. Now what we decided is that she would do consulting of her own on the side and I would do mine, but we worked together on Real Trends. Hmm. Uh, Twelve-page monthly print newsletter. Thought we'd sell a thousand subscriptions the first year. We missed it by about ninety percent. Wow. Yeah, but just sold, a little bit. <laughs> we sold one hundred and ten. So uh, uh, we just kept working at it. Okay. We just kept working. She working out of her home office in in Dallas. I at that time was in Orlando, Florida. Okay. And it was only about two and a half years later that my wife and I are two young boys. Decided to move from Orlando to Denver, Colorado, where I've been ever since. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, it, it's it's not it's not any one thing mm-hmm. other than I think Lori and I both shared a passion to do uh, a, a newsletter okay. about trends, mm-hmm. and that we we made an agreement that we would not attack people mm-hmm. or go after people or. Be cynical about it, and about people and decisions. We that was just not going to be our bailiwick. In fact,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we we still to this day we do cover leaders and people, but it's not the focus of our original publication, which of course now is online. Right trends still monthly, still trends, still Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Along the way, you know, literally one of the big things we didn't realize what it would become. You never quite do know. Sure. Um, But in 1988, we decided, well, you know, nobody is ranking Hmm. residential brokerage companies by like the number of transactions or volume. And it certainly wasn't verified. Hmm. So back then was Wild West. Brokers (laughs) made claims. The first year was the Real Trends 25. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, it was the Real Trends 500. Hmm. People wanted to be ranked, wanted to be recognized. Along the way, we've done other things. We added our Gathering of Eels conference. Right from the beginning, we started forming what we might call CEO groups, okay. brainstormer groups. First one, the Vision Group was launched in the fall of 87. Wow. It's still together today, 33, 34 years later. Unreal. Not a single original member left. Wow. There are two or three that joined in 1991 that are still members. Okay. But it just, things change. Hmm. So, you know, along the way, the key thing, anybody who's running a business, I think it's important you have you have core values that are not going to change with times. It's kind of like somebody said, you know, morals Mm -hmm. change with times. Hmm. What's what's permitted behavior today would never have been permitted or recognized Mm -hmm. as acceptable thirty years ago or forty years ago. Right. But ethics don't change. Hmm. Ethics are black and white. There's not a lot of gray in ethics. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Lori and I, there were some of the basic things we agreed to right from the start. So, you know, some of this is accidental, some of it's opportunistic. Um, Along the way, we developed a consulting practice in working with brokerage companies, mergers, acquisitions, valuations. Uh, I've been blessed to have just wonderful friendships in this industry, Uh, great leaders. I mean, I could tell a dozen stories about men and women who, for no particular reason that I could see at the time, stuck their necks out to go to bat for us or to bring business to us. I mean, one of my favorite incidents is back in early 90s. Um, a guy I'd met clear back in my first years in the industry, 1977 in Atlanta, Georgia, wow, in the relocation business, I met three big brokers okay. in Atlanta. Three biggest guys in Atlanta at the time were Chandler Barton at, Col- at uh, Barton & Ludwig, mm-hmm. Johnny Isaacson at Northside Realty, and Harry Norman at Harry Norman Realtors. Wow. Each one of them played an enormous role in why I'm sitting here today. I know johnny because he recommended me for a job running that national network hmm. when i only had two and a half years of experience in the industry and i was 26 i'd never run anything or supervised anybody hmm. but this group of large independent brokers asked me and put me in that position wow. why would johnny have done that chandler hmm. barton i met him in those years he sold his company to cobble banker Real Trends was the first to interview Chandler when, in January 1988, he was named chairman and CEO of Coblentz. In um, 1992, we'd started. I'd started doing mergers, acquisitions, valuations. Chandler called one day, and he basically hired me to write a whole training program and mm-hmm. then teach all of Cobble Banker's affiliates and field people about how to do valuations, mergers, and acquisitions. Love that. And our business just in that part of the world then took off like that. Hmm. So Harry Norman, great mentor, helped me through some very tough times when I was still in Atlanta, Georgia, was the abundant Southern gentleman, smart as a whip, Hmm. and taught me a lot about luxury
0: Hmm.
1: and people's aspirations for a better life. Interesting. He really understood, he understood better than anybody what that really meant to people. It wasn't the price of the home, it was the fact that I'm moving to a neighborhood that's a nicer neighborhood, mm-hmm. or it's a more secure neighborhood, or it has better schools, or or just that everybody thought those things were the case. Right. That's what <laughs> right. he thought. Well said. So real trends started off being very intentional, mm-hmm. and then as opportunities arose, or we, Laurie and I saw the things, we would move to do them some things like the rankings we just kind of thought it up and said let's go do this mm-hmm. and you know 30 odd years later it's now over 1700 brokers submit to the rankings each year wow. lori decided to go on to other things back uh-huh. in 02 mm-hmm. and i bought her interest out she went on to have a fabulous successful run mm-hmm. building the institute of luxury home marketing oh, wow. which is a credit to just what a great
0: partner and friend she was, mm. and very talented. Wow. So that's real trends. Okay. In a nutshell, there's a lot more to it, though, Steven. And, yes. and I love the fact that you were able to share, you know, kind of the beginnings and how things have come through. And you had mentioned a mix of, you know, great relationships and opportunities that you've seized in, and a little bit of luck. Um, I am a firm believer that preparation meets opportunity is your own luck, right? You work hard, luck appears more. Um, What you have done and everybody out there who who knows you and and understands what impact you've made on this community and on this industry is huge. Anybody who doesn't know Real Trends, uh, you need to climb out from underneath your rock, um, what you're living under, and then really understand this. So I'll have links to realtrends.com in the comments down below so people can really get involved and and go through. So um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into you, Steve. And this next question uh, shares with everybody a little bit more into your why. So, this question is what is your why? What drives you? What motivates you? Gets you out of bed every morning and excited to do what you do to the level that you do it at? Well, it, I,
1: I think uh, it's true, people of my generation. My father fought in the war, in World War II. Okay. Um, and, and he and I were, became great friends when mm-hmm. I was still in high school. We weren't father son, although we still were, but we were really friends. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot just by observing him mm-hmm. and listening to him. He's a very quiet man. In fact, his, which I'm not, his, his nickname was Uncle Turtle.
0: Uncle Everybody Turtle, Everybody called okay. him Uncle Turtle
1: because Turtle uh, didn't talk a whole lot. Right, right. But from a man who lost his mom when he was seven, hmm. whose father had him leave his house when he graduated high school in 1940, joined the Navy before the war, fought in the war, went through officer candidate school in the war. One of the things that was really interesting, I asked him, and he's passed away now, but he, years and years ago, I said, Dad, what what did you guys think about in the late 40s and 50s, like in terms of fun? Sure. And he looked at me and said, son, that, that, that the term fun was not in my vocabulary. Wow. Um, he said, you know, I'd already been through a depression hmm. in the country, I grew up in it. Right. I lost my mother when I was seven. I get kicked out of my house when I was 18. Hmm. I joined the Navy, which was one of the smartest things I ever did. The second smartest thing was marrying your mother. But he said, by 1955, he said, think about it. I am 33 years old. I've got a job with Union Carbide, and I've got four kids. All most of us thought about was we had a roof over our heads. Nobody was shooting at us. Mm -hmm. Fun was kind of just living, simple living. Right. That's what he told me. And I mean, he rose to become a senior partner in one of the largest executive search firms in the world. He helped build it hmm. from four offices to 36 offices during, during his tenure from the late 60s till the late 80s. Okay. What I learned from him and from other men that, and women that I encountered, but a lot of men at, at his country club who were corporate executives is you know, that old saying, we all put our pants on the same way yeah. every day. right? And you get out of bed, and you get prepared, and you work. Uh-huh. And but the, the main thing he, he he talked about was you have to care about what you're doing. So you have to true. Care about what you're doing. So so now I was always a fairly a, a, a personable person uh-huh. growing up junior high, high school, and whatnot. Um, the men and women of this industry are very open to that. The reason for our success I think while we're still here 30 Mm -hmm. now 34 years Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our clients who are also friends know that we actually do care about them personally Mm -hmm. and I've had numerous clients tell me that that's fairly unique which I understand Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people executives consultants publishers not so much so. Hmm. They they are concerned with what? They're concerned with money. Mm-hmm. They're concerned with prestige. They're concerned with, you know, if you will, power or influence. I mean, favorite joke I tell people is I don't have any power at all, and I have very little influence. What I do have is a lot of friends. Oh, wow, a <laughs> lot of friends.
0: I like that. And, I take that any day of the yeah, week. yeah. I take it any
1: day of the week. Now, and you talk about even today, all these years later. Uh, and clearly I'm on the back side of my career, not the front side, uh, just fact of mortality, it's what we all face. Sure. But I think about I mean, I could name a, an awful lot of people who have been hugely important for a long time. But you know, I think about, I think about like Johnny Isaacson, who ended up being U.S. Senator Isaacson from the state of Georgia and just had to step down because of health reasons. Sure, I think of a guy, a current guy, Larry Kendall, mm-hmm. the head of Ninja. Yeah. I, I met Larry they. 30 years ago when I moved here and almost immediately wanted to go up and investigate the group grouping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of a guy named Dave Colmar who has been one of the more steadfast friends a person can have. I met him, I don't know, 30 years ago, helped sell his firm in the late 90s, mm-hmm. He now has affirmed it. Most people would say, well, he competes with you, Steve. I said, we've never seen it that way. Uh, now, we right. talk all the time. We exchange notes, not confidential stuff, but sure. what do you think about this? What do you, Can we get this done? Can we get that done? I refer stuff to him. He refers stuff to me. Why? Hmm. As it says under Real Trends, the trusted source. Hmm. I mean, that? That's it. Right that's there. it. Yeah. And so, and I could go on and name... Some incredible brokers I've known along the way. Um, Larry and Dave are terrific. They've, you know, that. So, so I think the greatest attribute uh, of anybody—I don't care if you're a, a a great real estate agent or an office manager or a broker owner, or head of a national real estate organization. One of the things I. Been asked a number of times in mm-hmm. front of big audiences. Got asked yesterday, just yesterday, in front of two hundred agents, wow. what really matters
0: mm-hmm.
1: about your your business. And I right. said, "Keep in mind, I've had a front row seat mm-hmm. of some of the best real estate people since I was twenty six years old. Right. right, running a national network with whose members were Edina and Long and Foster and mm-hmm. Baird and Warner, and all these great brokerage companies. You know, and." Um, Iowa Realty, and I could keep going. And what I noticed all that time, front row seat, is there's something, again, no matter where you are in this industry, Mm -hmm. the minute you start caring more about the money than about your culture or your ethics or your reputation, you're bleeding out. You just don't even know it yet. Well said.
0: So you ask,
1: you know, what, you know, I, I mean, I could talk about, my gra- I have three buddies I've known since middle school, mm-hmm. Ed, Dick, and Dave, you know, we call them the famous foursome, right? Oh, I love it. And they've all had great lives, all three are retired now, I'm the mm-hmm. only one still working. But you know, I kid my wife and other people that know me and I said, you know, part of what enabled me to be here today is there's no way I could rationalize really bad behavior to mm-hmm. Dick, Ed, and Dave. They would eat me alive and say, there you "Go." Wait a minute, I've known you since you had pimples and braces <laughs> when you were 13, 14 years old. You weren't so cool then, and you're no different now. I love Cause it. Because they they, we know each other like sure. the whole part. I think it's important to appreciate hmm. those people who've had those roles and develop then a hardcore belief is, you know what, I would never want to disappoint those people. Wow. Hmm. So that, that's, who, that's, why we're, that's why the way we're Real Trends is still here. I'm, I love that. As I tell people I I mean, I'm not the best writer. I'm okay. I'm not the best researcher. Okay. Do I retain a lot of facts and figures? Yes. People say that I'm worse at remembering song lyrics. Uh.
0: Right? And they get tired of me reciting song lyrics. But that's you know, I read a lot. Sure. You know. I, I think personally, you know, when it comes down to it though, Steve, I mean, you've listed so many different reasonings as to what drives and motivates you. Yeah. And, and really a part of your why is it, it's not you. It's not about you. It's about your people. And it's about the impact that you're having on the communities in a positive way. And no ego there, utmost level of humility and really being helpful, really trying to help people grow and understand. And, um, you know, if you guys can't feel this or, or hear this right now, then you need to turn your volumes up or pause it rewinding yeah. because this is this I mean is awesome. I th- I think, you
1: know, the only time I think I've actually cried when I was in front of a real estate audience hmm. was uh, at our 30th anniversary, we had Jim Collins, okay. good the great. Hmm. And we went through a whole morning program. And then Jim said, no Steve, you stay up here. I got something I want to say. And hmm. he told the story of the first time he met Peter Drucker, his his idol. And they went through, he went through this story and he said, Drucker f- kept looking at Collins going, James, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and and Jim Collins go, I'm trying to figure out what to say. And he said, James, I think you've been useful. You've been trying to make yourself, because Drucker had an Austra- Austrian accent. I love that. And Collins was imitating, he said, James, I think you've tried to be useful. Mm. And Jim Collins looked at me and he said, Steve, I've talked to a couple dozen broker owners this morning and before I even got here. He said, congratulations on 30 years. I think what you have achieved is you've been trying to be useful to this industry. Wow. And you know, I thought, yeah, that, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, do I like making a good living? Yes. Sure. But you know, I, I had a client this morning on the phone, and we've been trying for a, many months, a long time, a year perhaps, to sell his firm and it's not been going well and his right. business is not doing that well. And mm-hmm. he and we finally have a buyer and he said to me, Well said, Steve, um, what 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 fee am I gonna owe you if I sell it? I said, Well it's you know, x percent of this. Mm-hmm. And he said, But I'm not gonna get any of that. Mm-hmm. I said, I know. He said, So how are you gonna get paid? I said, I'm not. Wow. Hey, I said, Look, <sighs> we're gonna get this done. We've had twenty five years. Of knowing each other, there have been other great opportunities, we've helped each other, I've made head income, you were in a CEO group, you've done this, you've come to the mm-hmm. gathering. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, listen, the times didn't end for you, so you get a lot of money out of your brokerage company. Mm-hmm. And we're handling more than a few of those now. Wow. And if all you care about is money, you're going to turn your back on those people?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy. That's not who we are. Nope. We know others that wouldn't see it that way. Sure. Good for them. And th- I, I pray they have a great career and a great life,
0: but that's just not who we're gonna be. It's not who we are, and it's not who we're gonna be. I think that that uh, shows a huge margin of integrity and character into that, Steve. And, and again, not everybody's created equal, and that's okay. There's no judgment um, on to that. Everybody conducts themselves differently, but a, a part of the Titan series is to showcase professionals to that true higher standard. People to yeah. look at you guys and say wow look what they they've done and and they, they walked that line and, and they know exactly what's doing and they're doing the right things by people and again that's why it's among so many different reasons why I'm honored to have you on this show and series right now Steve yeah. I, I want to um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the uh, thought process of growing and scaling business and I think this is a great segue into it so this is actually a crowd pleaser for everybody yeah. everybody wants to know from the Titans how they're growing and have grown and scaled so when I, when I say it to you this way, if you could look back at your career thus far and pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business that took it from one level to the next, what advice would you, you have you know, you know, it's like uh, in 87, 88
1: we started Realtrends trends, I started doing consulting. I Basically my plan for consulting was to do anything that I could do to help a broker that might earn a fee income. Right. Because now i got a wife and two small kids and then we moved to Denver, and my wife doesn't work anymore, and you know, whatever. All, sure. Everybody has those issues. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, is um, we realized that both from a marketing point of view mm-hmm. and a business point of view, you look for areas where there's a gap. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Where is a gap? There's something that's not there. So in the early 90s, uh, right before Chandler Barton called me okay. to write that book for Cowell Banker, mm-hmm. I, uh, I had my then eight-pound laptop computer holed up in a hotel, mm-hmm. the Sheraton Terra, in okay. Framingham, Massachusetts, on a road trip, told my wife, I'm going to take a day and a half, I'm going to sit in a hotel room, mm-hmm. and I'm going to write the first industry book on how to value a real estate company. Wow. Now, the truth is, most of the money I made for the next two to three years, we sold like 5,000 copies of that at $40 a piece. Okay. And that was a lot of money for sure. us back then. Sure. But again, we then I also got business from that. Right. Right. Um, I saw a gap. Hmm. We saw a gap when we did the rankings. Nobody was doing rankings for brokers. Okay. Um, Twelve years ago, we, we actually didn't see this one. Hmm. I mean, we really hadn't thought about it. Okay. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal, who'd been a great partner of ours in yeah. broker rankings, came to us and said, hey, could we partner with you to rank agents and teams like you did with brokers? Mm-hmm. It wasn't our idea. Okay. So the second lesson is, after you're looking at gaps and opportunities in, mm-hmm. in your sphere, right. be open mm-hmm. to some people bringing you ideas. Listen carefully mm-hmm. to Ideas, right, right, right. It 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 just you never know mm-hmm. when you're going to hear something. You go ah, and so the Wall Street Journal encouraged us. In the first year, I think we had 250 agents and teams applied to be ranked. Sure. Last year it was 15,400. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> right. Different. This, and and we and you know we had a good idea from one of our own people. Hmm. Uh okay. About I don't know four or five years ago. Oh, we decided we would start charging an application fee to okay. apply. Right. And we were just doing the top thousand. Okay. One year we end up with um, eighteen hundred agents paid us an application fee. Wow. But it, we only had a thousand spots. Okay. Huh. What are you going to do? Just give them the fifty bucks back and say I'm sorry? Right. Wow. No. One of our people said, "You know what we ought to do? Let's create." A whole nother ranking
0: mm-hmm.
1: of all of them, mm-hmm. no matter who, as long as they meet the minimum, sure. a certain number of transactions <laughs> by. So, without all the details, we launched then America's Best Real Estate Professionals. Wow. We still have 1,000, but then we have 14,500 okay. America's Best Real Estate Professionals. And, oh, yeah. and like the broker rankings, once it becomes established, and look, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Do we miss the fact that some individuals are actually teams, and some teams are really brokerages? Sure. Like we keep evolving and trying to verify, and you know we're going to we're redoing it again for next year. Okay. But we're always trying to achieve as perfect a result as we can. And once you've established that, well then, people like Keller Williams and Remax and Caldwell Banker, they say we want all of our people to be recognized so they now ship us all their people that qualify, which makes our job easier. Right. Um, And has contributed towards it being a standard.
0: Truly a standard. A
1: standard, yeah, and and, and, and by the way, there are still people that try to fool us, but Hmm. our original partner, the Wall Street Journal, gave me the right to put right on the application if in our sole discretion we think you attempted to intentionally mislead us, Hmm. then we could ban you from these rankings forever. And we've done that six or eight times. There you go. We just said, no, you you went out of your way. Hmm. You know, I'm using a term misleading because I'm polite. Yeah, but But that's very polite. So first, you look for gaps, Okay. look for an opportunity that's related to what you're doing, which is an extension of what you're doing. Hmm. And then listen, because you don't know when somebody will just either directly or innocuously give you a good idea and you just go, well, that, you know, we could probably do that, right? We, we could, yeah. And, you know, as an owner, whether you're an agent mm-hmm. or head of a team or a brokerage, you're an owner. Sure. Right? And as I'm teaching our young team here, mm-hmm. if we're going to invest money, keep in mind, it's the owner's checkbook. Right. It's not some mythical... Private he- equity fund that do- doesn't right. seem to care about how much money you're spending on things, said let's. And we've made mistakes, but mm-hmm. we're not afraid to push the edge. We're not afraid to put some money into some new ideas. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we've probably had, for every, you know, three successes, we've had two failures, in the last 30 years. It's a part of and We we thought well, we thought we'd do this real top top recognition. Mm-hmm. The Fellowship of Realty Professionals. Mm-hmm. Lifetime, a thousand transactions or more. Mm-hmm. We thought these top people would love that thing. We we used Tiffany branding on it, wow. we just all this beautiful stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. Tiffany like branding. Sure. <laughs>
0: <Nope>. <laughs> Nothing. There you go. Yeah. Wow.
1: We got 15 people signed up for it. Wow. And then we refunded their money to them. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go anywhere. It just said, look, it, 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 yeah, it's not going to happen. Unreal. And so there it is. So be open for opportunity, mm-hmm. listen carefully, be willing to take a risk, understand some things aren't gonna work out, and even sometimes you won't be able to say exactly why it
0: didn't. Right, right. But, but I think that that's hugely yeah. applicable yeah. information to, to anybody who's watching or listening, yeah. whether it's real estate related or not. I mean, addressing the gaps, as you, as you said, and look at the businesses that are there, and then sit and listen. Do the work, but yeah. then wait, listen, yeah. you know, get that feedback hopefully it's coming from a good place, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of people that want to give you advice or, or throw it out there, it's yeah. not all good. well. One of, our, one of
1: our pet statements around here is, nobody I've ever met likes unsolicited advice, okay. <laughs> personal but, or business. There you go. <laughs> and, and so I uh, tell people, wait for the question. Yeah, well said. Wait for the question. Love and, and by the way, you know, I, I often re- realize, I said, I think I just broke my cardinal world. I just gave you advice, I didn't mean to do that, I apologize mm-hmm. and they'll go yeah you're a
0: wretch <laughs> oh Steve why'd, yeah, you do I why'd you do that what's wrong with you that's right, right. No, but I, I think that that's hugely pertinent again for everybody yeah. and, and the list goes on and on and on we're just, we're just scratching the surface right. right now with your knowledge and your basis and everything that goes on through so please reach out to Steve he's a wealth of knowledge we're just really really diving into it just so you guys get a real good feel of what's going on I want to shift gears to the tricky part of this interview and series Right. and this is the challenge question So when it comes down to it, and I always lead into it with the Titans this way, we all have challenges in our life. Whether it's in the past, we're dealing with it now, or into the future. Whether they're personal or professional, we all deal with hardship or struggle, um, adversity. But I'm a firm believer, it's not so much what happens, but what we learn from and what we can reflect Mm -hmm. and share. Doesn't take away from pain, but if there's something that you're comfortable with sharing, whether it's personal or professional, challenge that you dealt with and overcame, Steve, that made you stronger, What's that look like? Sure. For you? Well, I mean, two, two things to share, okay. um, which is, you know, part of why I'm
1: here. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice in college, I had non Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer and oh. had to be treated twice with eight weeks of radiation mm-hmm. both times. Mm-hmm. So when you're 19 and 21 years old, Gosh. you tend to get like, you're not quite as flighty and goofy <laughs> when you've had to stop and really think. Life as I know it hmm. could end. I, I had I had this wonderful uh, girl I knew in high school. Okay. We stayed in touch in college. She had the same cancer. Hmm. We had the same oncologist. She didn't make it out of college. Oh, no. And here I am. So, so the second thing, um, you know, personally I recognized is that and, and this happened late in life and it happened when I had moved to Kansas City and i met a terrific man who was on the board of directors of my network and okay. met a terrific woman who is now my wife of 38 years 30, oh, wow. 30, 38 years 39 years yeah close 39 39, 39. yeah, yeah I'm up there um, <laughs> is I developed a strong faith in God hmm. because I realized well he must have had a purpose for me to have survived when others didn't Right. He must have had a purpose to have <laughs> had my wife and I meet in a photo shoot
0: hmm.
1: and not see each other again for 10 months when she moved in next door to my condominium. Whoa. There must have been a purpose. I, I, I've subsequently had you know, other health issues. Sure. Um, Business-wise, uh, back in the early 90s, I bet on a guy and mm-hmm. lost everything. Lost everything. All the money Ouch. my wife and I had. And I still have the two young boys and a mortgage. Okay. I, again, there's my wife going, we'll be okay. Hmm. W- we'll be okay. And I just got up and went back to work okay. back the next day. Hmm. And you know what, as I've learned along the way, I'm, I'm not unique and, and I've, I've heard dozens of stories, but if people knew the true story of people like a Dave Linegar who founded mm-hmm. Remax, right and Mo Anderson, who's vice chairman of Keller Williams, Hmm. or Garrett, I could go on and on and on. Wes Foster, whose portrait is on the wall outside my office. I mean, the man built the largest privately owned brokerage real estate services company in the world, which he sold a couple years ago. Most people, until we reported on it in our magazine, did not know he'd had a lifetime of severe migraine headaches and depression that he dealt with. You just, unless you really knew him, well, you'd never know he had the problem. Right. So it's not like I... If you're looking for perfection in this life or pure justice in this world, you're going to be you're going to have your heart broken, right there <laughs> because yeah. it's not not here. Mm-hmm. It, it, by the way, and I think it's a beautiful world. Sure, agreed. But I I've seen I've stared you know a monster in the eyeballs. Mm. You know I mean I also think about the other monster that can affect all of us and everybody out there agents brokers all of us right, which is remember I said earlier be careful that your pursuit of monetary rewards right. outweighs your sense of ethics or culture or propriety. Mm-hmm. I remember back in 1999, Lori, my partner, mm-hmm. we were faced with the, the challenge. Pre-IPO, the Realtor.com guys offered us a boatload of shares wow. at no cost to ourselves. Okay, No cost, friends and family shares they call it. Mm-hmm. Lori and I took the position, we asked the gentleman, mm-hmm. what do we need to do for that? Because, you know, that's compensation. And mm-hmm. said, so, no, you don't do anything. Just friends and family shares. Well, I think among all of our contemporaries in the real estate consulting, but more importantly, the publishing industry, mm-hmm. best I know, most of them took those shares. I, I would imagine so. Right, right. And we didn't. Hmm. Now, I think we laughed, used to laugh a few years later, said, Dang, that would have been like two million bucks each. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. thinking about it now, you know, mm-hmm. especially, you know. Uh, but, but you know, we talked about it, and we said right. that it, if we're gonna be true to real trends, we can't do that. I love that. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are times, I remember sitting in the car with Wes Foster and his two top people, I was t- I said, well, how come you support so-and-so and so-and-so and you know they said publicly they took the shares and they did this and that Hmm. but I'm not supposed to I mean what is wrong for me to do it he said you chose the role you wanted to have and we depend on you for that Hmm. we don't depend on them for that Hmm. great so that means I'm going to die a very ethical poor (laughs) pauper that's what I said to him and he said
0: I hardly think you're going to be a pauper (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. But and, I remember the conversation. You know, I, I but I think that, that the moral of that story is, uh, again, echoed throughout this particular interview in, in the process of your character and your integrity, and it's not all about the money. We have to support our families and our future and retirement, all these different things in our communities, but there is a line that... I, I find that you really need to stay and stick to because that, that's your character, that's your legacy, that's the impact look you're if, having on the community. If, if
1: to an agent, and, and, I, and we talk. Scott Wright works with me, and Trish Galadava works with me on mergers and acquisitions, and, and the statement they've heard from me ever since they started here, Scott's over four and a half years, Trish it's a year or mm-hmm. something, over a year, year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Said, look, if you start caring about the money, more than taking care of the customer, you're, you're at the wrong place. Agreed. It doesn't mean we don't believe we should be paid and paid fairly. It's right. not not saying that. Yep. Get it. I'm saying, but if your focus is on, oh, geez, I got to get this fee, hmm. and not where you, like, like when we tell a client, you need to walk away from this, hmm. and we've done that a lot. Yeah. Walk, just, no, just walk away. Say, no, this is not a good deal, you don't feel good about it. Just walk away. We've had clients call us the morning of the closing of a sale of their brokerage in tears. Mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself to do it. And I said, Fine, we'll call it off. Well, but they'll they'll not like me. I said, No, they're professional. They understand. Right. Nobody signed anything that you're not. You're not bound. Now, are we perfect? No, no, no. no, one, no human being is perfect. Right. But those are the those kind of what we try to hit mm-hmm. that kind of standard. But you know it's uh, and and since I know so many people's stories, mm-hmm. some of the people I already mentioned and many others, I mean th- this industry is populated with more of those people than the ones who aren't. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I agree. Truly believe that mm-hmm. it's. Look, I, people complain about you know agents or brokers going for the money and the mm-hmm. big this and big that and the big egos. Well, I got a big ego. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, mean, don't, I don't I know about to, that, that. I, I want. I want to succeed. I want to be recognized. Who doesn't? Sure. I mean, tell me a human being that doesn't want, at the end of it all, doesn't want someone to acknowledge that they passed through here. Hmm. Everybody. That's fair. Wants that. Uh, does, does that big? Is e- that make you an egomaniac? No, I don't that, think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But they're those people who need it every five minutes. All the time. Right. That's and all they're living for. That's all they're living for. Yeah. Right. That's, that's not like, good, everybody. That's not good. No, don't do that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, listen to Dad, right? Yeah. And that's right. And that's the kind of guy my dad was. He mm-hmm. never took credit for anything. Wow. He, he, he just didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and you know, it's not like he sat there, people ask, well, what did your dad tell you? I, you know... I just knew what the rules were. I can't tell you that I can remember when he said, if you ever lay a hand on a girl or a woman, I'll beat you within an inch <laughs> of your life. And he was a boxer in the yeah. Navy, still, in his late 50s, he could still put me oh, down on the wow. ground with two punches That's if real. he chose to. Hmm. I don't remember him actually telling me that, hmm. but I knew it, Right. that, that kind of lesson. Hmm. So I think, I think all of us need to understand uh, you know you just as I, as I, I talked to a group yesterday, and I said, "Look, g- great people and great organizations, sometimes, yes, they they get overwhelmed by competition or mm-hmm. circumstance. But in all of my reading and examination in my forty three years in this industry, most companies decline. Because they act in one of three ways. They are, number one, dismissive of their competition. Okay. Uh, most famous quote I remember in history is the chairman and CEO of Sears in the early 80s saying, Walmart customers are not Sears customers. Hmm. Right. All of yours are leaving. Right. And right. look where Sears is. Look yeah, Walmart. right. <laughs> <for the Wal-Mars. laughs> yeah. Number two, they were distracted. So, GM has 50% domestic auto market share hmm. at the end of the 70s, 50 plus percent. Today it's in the teens, hmm. or thereabouts. Sure. Where, what did they do? Well, let's see. They bought Ross Perot's company, a big data company, hmm. in the 80s. What? Why were they doing that?
0: No idea. What were you, you
1: thinking, there? Well, What were you thinking, right? Or they were arrogant. Probably uh, and this is now uh, this is second hand, right? Sure. I read sure. Bill Gates' book. Okay. And then I read a biography about Bill Gates. So Love you know you got these things. Sure. And the whole story of the IBM PC coming out in the early eighties and they didn't have software to run it. Mm-hmm. They end up meeting Gates and Allen. They have a meeting with Gates and Allen who had bought DOS from some other guy and wow. improved it quite a bit, I guess, mm-hmm. and really worked on it. And they sit there and they look at IBM and they say, however, we want a license that we can license this software to any other IBM PC compatible computer. Hmm. IBM at that point had 70% of all the computers in the world. Wow. 70% of all the hardware. IBM. Hmm. And they said, well, yeah, that's fine. We're IBM, nobody can build a PC like we can. Well, except Compact and Dell and mm-hmm. all the others to follow. Right. And think of the wealth transfer that went from IBM if they had controlled DOS and Windows hmm. versus Bill Gates and Paul Allen controlling it. Right. It's, it's insane. It's, yeah. yeah. So, being dismissive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, being distracted, and being arrogant. Hmm about some perceived advantage you have, those, to me, those are three of the biggest deadly sins you can have, okay? And it's and there's all kinds of other organizational stories, by the way, uh, I mean, not just for-profit companies, right. not-for-profit, mm-hmm. that churches, they forget, you know, they forget and they get dismissive and they get arrogant and they get distracted and I've seen a lot of people wrecked, I've seen families wrecked, I've seen companies wrecked. Wow. I've served on the board of Christian nonprofit parachurches serving at-risk teenagers. You get off, you get off the path of what your mission is supposed to be and bad things can happen.
0: Unreal. Oh, no, no. yeah? and, and I think with that, that, I mean, this is a wealth of knowledge, Steve, coming right. through and, and hopefully everybody's dissecting this and pausing it, rewinding it and re-listening. Um, when I look at it that, and you're breaking those things down, I find it hard to to believe that once you go down that road, that those three things they almost correlate. Yeah. It's hard to get away from those once you're in that, yeah, in now, that area. I'm, I'm being very polite because I could
1: name brokerage companies. Um, like I could name a
0: whole lot. We're we're keeping it polite right, because there's a lot, of, a lot of lot of real estate professionals we that are watching remember our. Remember what and... I
1: told you earlier? We don't <laughs> sit there and badmouth people, right? But you know, look, we're we're gonna at the gathering of eagles next spring, April 29th to May 1st here okay. in Denver. The opening, we're going to display information that we've had for years that we've not displayed before. Wow! Which says basically, by the way, here is for instance all the brand franchise brokers, and here's all the independents, and here's all the low cost, and here's the cap company dollar, and here's the 100%, and here's graduated commission plan, and and here's this, and here's that. And we're gonna say, let's see how they performed, right, aggregate, mm-hmm. within that group, for the last five, 10, and 20 years. Love it. And I don't know, we're still, I, I hired an outside uh, finance major okay. just crunching all these numbers for me, and then I'll have to double check them. Okay. But, you know, the proof is in the performance. Agreed. And we think you don't get to the honest answer um, of what brokers need to do, national franchises or networks. It's gonna it's gonna be documenting. Okay, here's you know here's the new guys. Here's Compass. Here's EXP. Here's uh, Fathom. Homesmart Realty One Group. United Real Estate here, JP and Associates, here's all these companies, and how are they actually performing? Not mm-hmm. just how they're talking about right. performing, but how are they performing based on data
0: they voluntarily submit to us, right? and that we verify. And, and I love that because at the yeah. end of the day, the numbers don't lie, and, and we can all paint uh, yeah. pictures in our minds and yeah. after the communities, but that's the truth right. at the end of the day. Right. And It's kind of the money ball,
1: and I preach about money ball. Look at the numbers, and what are the numbers telling you? Billy Bean, Mm -hmm. Paul G. Podesta goes to Oakland, and he says, well, gee, Billy, you lost money nine years in a row, and
0: Mm -hmm. lost seven losing seasons. Probably we need to not do something the same way. Right. It's insanity. I mean, definition. Same thing over and over, and expecting a different yeah. result. And and that, by the way, every, all the movie buffs out there, there, there's a book, Moneyball. Yeah. There's also. I recommend the book, by the way. There's the movie. Yeah. You know, either one. Although but
1: Brad Pitt was pretty cool, Jonah Hill. You know, <laughs> he we got a good to job. have the real Paul D. Podesta, who was played by Jonah Hill at the Gathering of Eagles about five six years ago, oh, and he cool. told the true story of Moneyball. No notes, no slides. I had wow. three hundred people sitting there taking notes as fast as they could write them, what he was talking about, this is what we actually did. Because he said, he he called it, Billy and they, he he told us what, what Dee Podesta told us, Mm -hmm. was that he and Billy called it the naive question. If we weren't doing things the way we are, how would we be doing them? Great thing about our industry, you know, is that there isn't one right way. Mm -hmm. Well said. not one brokerage model that's all that much better than a different one. It's how well it's executed.
0: Mm-hmm. I uh, think that's a lot by of the ways leaders, the
1: right? I mean, yeah. you can have a, you know, one hundred percent plan. You can have a flat fee company. You can have a graduated commission plan. You can have all these models.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still going to take great leaders to execute the plan. Agreed, one hundred percent. And as that as that leadership continues to grow, right the individuals and the team that you're building around that need to be on that same page and and to follow that leadership to greatness and consistency. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love that you mentioned that and so many people are nodding their heads thinking, yeah, you know, Steve's absolutely right. Uh, I want to go through uh, with this particular uh, portion, and this is actually a crowd pleaser for this particular question because I think that that was really good for you to be able to share those things and and for takeaways for everybody, but this is uh, actually one of my favorites. This is the travel back in time question. So if you could travel back in time, in any age range of your life, it could be a year ago, it could be 20 years ago, it could be little Steve, what would you say to your younger self, whether it's personal, professional, would young Steve listen to Steve now? I mean, what would you say? You
1: know, the, I, I, when I tell people about this, uh, my last two years at college, I was at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, Okay, and I'd had the first bout of cancer already, and the next one, of course, I didn't know. But my last four semesters in college, I took 18, 21, 21, and 26 credit hours. Ouch. Because for some reason, I can't remember. I was in a hurry to get out of college. Hmm. I, I just- and, and you can't recall why at all? I, for the I mean... life of me, I cannot recall why. Wow. And there are things I've done, decisions I've made, At different times before and after that Mm -hmm. where I in in retrospect I say why were you in such a hurry Mm -hmm. to get through this phase or to get this finished why are you always like what's next Hmm. what's next you know it's uh, uh, and I haven't lost that I mean Mm -hmm. I here today and we're as a team we're talking about we've got a lot of great things going on now we, we're gonna we're gonna at this point um, we're gonna probably spend this year mm-hmm. making sure we're executing everything we've already got as well as it can be done Love it. so I'm probably not gonna be jumping out in any huge new directions okay. unless of course the guy calls me on the phone and says, hey, right. Would you? I got I have a big meeting tomorrow with a, a guy who's at my level in this industry. Okay. He wants to have a meeting to talk about is there something our companies could do together. Wow. And so there's that memory. you gotta be, mm-hmm. be open to listening. Sure. Just as I'm all, okay guys, this is what we're gonna focus on. Mm-hmm we have a lot of great things, let's just do them really well, really focus on executing really well, okay. and not be jumping out somewhere. Hmm. And, and then I take a meeting with a guy who says, I may want
0: to blow your whole thing up and do something <laughs> brand new. And I'm going, well, at least I'm gonna be open to that. You know, Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that when you're looking at it from that standpoint, so going yeah. back to your, your younger self and, and yeah. speeding through the process, there's so many professionals that are out there um, that are watching or listening, and so many feature titans that are in that same boat, their yeah. whole life trying to be 10 steps ahead of where they're right. at, and yeah. never truly being satisfied in the accomplishments that have happened at that time frame to say, you know, I should be here when I'm here. And, and I, I think yeah. you bring up a really good point. You know, Andrew really Grove, um, the former chairman and
1: CEO of Intel, wrote a book called Only the Paranoid Survive. Okay. It was a great book. It was 20-something plus years ago. And I remember, you know, back in 07, I had, I, I worked on the Apollo purchase of Rilogy, and I also worked on the sale of Remax of California, Hawaii, back to Remax International. Wow. And they were both very large, and large fees, and they both closed, and they both funded the same day by wire transfer. So i go from doing fine to well, now yeah. I'm rich, which I don't do very often. Yep. I, I looked at the team and I said, I'm gonna take the afternoon off. Hmm. And I went and I got a great bottle of wine hmm. and a great cigar, went on sat on my back deck, which I love doing, looking at the mountains. Wow. My wife came home a little while later and said, what are you doing home? Because I never came home in the middle of the day. Right. Uh, and sh- I said, honey, for one brief shining moment, we're worth X. Hmm. Now tomorrow I gotta write a check to Uncle Sam. Right. And we won't have quite as much, but <laughs> just for the moment, uh, I, I got a bottle of wine for you, chilling. Mm-hmm. Let's just enjoy, you know. And I, I do that. Okay. Uh, I mean, the way the way I do that is, um, I'm not a guy who likes to watch TV much mm-hmm. of any kind. I sure. like to read. Love that. I do like hiking. Okay. And and probably the thing I uh, just over the last 15 years I've come to love, which is where, I really check out. Okay. mentally, I'm gone, is when I'm fly fishing. Okay, so that's a full recharge it's, for you. When you're fly fishing, whether you're using the dry fly on the top or you're going nymphs or something underneath, mm-hmm. you have got to stay focused on that fly or that strike indicator. Because uh-huh. those trout, they may just bump the thing and they and you've got to get them. So you can, I can spend three hours standing in a stream or floating on a boat mm-hmm. and and some afternoons, uh, I'll be with my best friend, my best fly fishing buddy, my best buddies, Dave and Marty, uh, fly fishing, and you won't catch anything. Wow. And it doesn't matter, right? It's a beautiful afternoon, the water's flowing, there's wind in the leaves, hmm. and you got your eyes focused on that fly. And you do that for three hours and you realize you have not really thought about anything else. There's no, oh, I wish I, I could do that strategic plan or I need mm-hmm. to go sell one. Nope. golf is is another great okay. thing I love yeah. and um, at one point I was a fairly decent golfer I'm still for my age pretty decent golfer All right now I play just enough to still love the game hmm. to go out and hit some good shots and shoot you know 80 78 80 82 84 somewhere in that range That's but, great <laughs> but I've met great guys on golf courses yes. you know I've I've had the great honor and privilege of playing on the sanctuary, which is right here, right down the road, right down the yep. road from my house. Dave Liniger's uh, exquisite mm-hmm. uh, uh, golf course, and uh, played in a lot of charity tournaments out there. And mm-hmm. it's you know it doesn't matter how many times you play that, it's just like it's just the most, one of the most beautiful places anywhere. Oh, that's awesome. So you know it's um, you have to have that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, and particularly when I was growing the company. And I'm traveling 90 plus nights a year. I got two little boys and a wife at home. It, you know, the most important thing I did is once we got the company, probably it was 96, 95, 96, when the company was had grown enough and steady enough and business enough. And the first chance I got is I would put five weeks a year. On vacation on the calendar, that's the first thing that would go on the calendar. That's huge. For the next year. Okay. And did, oh, by the way, did I take cell phone calls? Yes, yeah. did I do? Yes. Sure. But usually before any of them were up, because mm-hmm. I'm an early riser, so get up, check all that stuff, and then we go out and have fun. And the Perfect. other thing I did, which was really fun for my sons when they were like 10, 11, 12, is every summer I let them look at my calendar. Hmm. And I would say pick a place you would like to go see, you'll come with me. You'll have to spend at least a half a day with me seeing what I do, Yeah. and then we'll go do what you wanna do. And you know, it was one of the best things I ever did because awesome. what did I get to do? I got to fish in Alaska. Hmm. I got to see all the museums in Washington, D.C. Hmm. that I'd never taken the time hmm. to go to see. Wow. I got to tour and hike all over Boston, the Freedom Trail hmm. with hmm. the sun and I could keep going. Yeah, I slowed, because I had one of my boys with me. Right, and, and, you know, you just, if you're not doing that and you're just working, hmm. I mean, i got a couple of clients right now, top agents, sure. they're just working. And, I, and yeah. they hired me, business coach them out of working, I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, wait a minute, I'm looking at your picture, I'm looking at your family, you're young, you're healthy, you're vibrant, you look like you're happy, you're making, you tell me you're making a million and a half dollars a year, and you sure. tell me you have got a net worth of four million dollars, what are you thinking? Hmm. Because I promise you this, you are not promised more than one more breath. Hmm. And do you think anybody on their last day says, I wish I'd work more?
0: Mm-mm.
1: I mean, that's an old funny joke, right? I wish I'd work more. Hmm. So I try to my wife and I are traveling more, my boys are both growing and doing fine, awesome. and we try to take trips together, and yeah, we're having fun, and I get to fly fish a dozen or so times a year, and play a dozen rounds of golf, and read some good books, okay. and I'm still in here at 6.30 in
0: the morning, usually, <laughs> and that's if I slept in. <laughs> but, I, but I love that, though, Steve. Yeah. I mean, again, you're talking about balance and, and, and more than just work and, and continuing that impact, but yeah. y- you're... That's the hardest thing for so many professionals, and, and as you mentioned, that one individual you know, making X amount of dollars and, and doing these things, it's, it's tough for people to cut off, but yeah. I think that more crucially important now so than ever, if you're working that hard, you can't burn it at both ends forever. It, something's going to fail. Something's going to suffer. Um, so I think that having that open-minded nature yeah. to just say, hey, let me look at my life. What's important? What am I doing? And then what am I doing this for? And, and and just realize that, like you said, that yeah. next breath is not promised. Look, truth truth
1: is most most of us, including myself, we live our life mostly out of balance. Hmm. Yeah, it just it, there's there's there are a lot of distractions, and there are a lot of temptations, and there are a lot of this, you, you know I mean I you know people people make the mistake because I generally come across fairly calm and nice, but mm-hmm. you know. I, I was also a heavyweight wrestler. Get out of here! Uh I did not know that. Yeah. So yeah, I can be competitive. Yeah. uh, Sure. You know, but I'm not going to be competitive. You know, it's you have to really step hard Mm -hmm. on my toes before I'm going to say you probably shouldn't have done that. Right. That was not nice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I have a couple competitors in the business. that once or twice in years past, I thought they stepped over the line, and mm-hmm. I just snapped. Okay. I snapped at them. Sure. And you know what? I wish I hadn't, but it's you know, it's happened. It's beyond me, behind sure. me. I probably won't make the mistake again, unless of course they step on me again. Again. Uh, yeah. And if they insult my friends and mm-hmm. do other things, I uh, know I just look. Life life is too short to spend a whole lot of time on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It really is.
0: Agreed. And.
1: Um, um, I've I've encountered so many people, I, I told the audience yesterday uh, and last week, mm-hmm. groups of agents said, are you kidding me? This is an industry that doesn't require a college degree, it doesn't require a ton of money, but it requires grit. Mm-hmm. You have to find some way to generate business and then how to take care of those people. Right? If you can do that, if you have the character or courage and intelligence do that, knock yourself out, there's no limits here. Agreed,
0: and and that's that's yeah. a big misconception for a lot of the consumers out there that think yeah. that the real estate industry is easy oh, or well, oh yeah I can throw a few parties I know a bunch of people I right, see these yeah. I like I like million dollar, dollar houses, professionals. yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's it's one of those things where it's yeah. not all sunshine and roses no. and there's a lot more negativity no. and no's than yeses and it's, successes. It's it's very con- I just went through purchasing a home my
1: wife and I are downsizing and we uh, we got blessed and sold our our home we've loved for 19 years in one day, at full price, wonderful. And then you got the inspections, and then you've got the HOA, and then uh-huh. you've got all this stuff. And sure. you know, the agent is just following up, make sure we get this, make sure this gets done, get this done, get this list done. Hmm. It's not just you sign a contract, oh, okay, Martha, let's go
0: close it. Dude, it's, <laughs> Here's a handshake. Yeah, no, let's <laughs> do the deal.
1: No, and uh-huh. it's insurance, and it's then, it's the fun of, you know, emptying a house, of, 19 years, your accumulation, thats <laughs> just nuts. You're preaching yeah. to the choir here, well, Steve. Well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and agents, and I tell agents, I said, I, there's nobody I respect more well said. than a well great said. real estate agent or an office manager or the head of a brokerage. Right. Um, I remember it was funny. I took Cooper, my youngest son, went with me to a, um, I had to go to Las Vegas for a, Leading real estate companies of the world board meeting. Okay. And here, this is now 15, 18 years ago. And here's, you know, Dick DeWolf and Wes Foster and Ron Peltier and all, Rob Sibsey and, you know, Pat Riley and, and, and Alan Tate and all these guys, you know. And, and they let Cooper, because they all knew me, and, sure. and they let Cooper sit in the room. He was probably 10 years old at the wow. time. And, and so Dick DeWolf, who was always a favorite of mine, he, um, he at the end of it, he said, Well, Cooper, Do you have any questions for us? And everybody kind of looks around. Mm -hmm. Cooper looks up and he goes, "Yeah, what do you guys do?" (laughs) And Dick, the wolf without missing Uh, a beat, goes, "Well, Cooper, mostly we sell used
0: houses."
1: (laughs) That's incredible. Mostly, what a great. I'm waiting for somebody out there to write that book and use that title. Mostly, comma we sell used houses. You heard it here, everybody. Right here from Steve. Let's not get too Filled with our self-importance, right? We're not solving cancer or curing uh, worldwide hunger. We're wow. Mostly, we're selling used houses to people. Ugh, but we so are great. helping people get in, and
0: fulfill a dream. Oh, and yeah. that's important. No, that that's great. Yeah. I, I, I go into that, and there's so so much takeaway yeah. and so much meat into that and advice. I, but you had mentioned uh, books and, yep. and loving to read and things like that. Yep. So this is a big crowd pleaser out there too. Okay. Is wanting to know what the titans are feeding their minds, how they're growing, expanding that way. So. I always lead into it with books you're reading or have read that you really love that impact you, podcasts you may be listening to, or influencers, coaches. How are you feeding your mind? Um, I
1: would like to tell everyone out there that I read these leadership books all the time, but actually I don't. All right, here we go. Um, uh, I did read Ninja Selling, and if you mm-hmm. haven't read it, doesn't matter whether you're a salesperson or not, it's a great book. Agreed. By Larry Kendall, great friend of mine. What do I like to read? I like reading C.J. Box, which is fiction okay. yeah. about a Wyoming game warden named Joe Pickett. Interesting. It's a great read. Very I cool. like reading Bill Bryson. He's a writer who's written A Walk in the Woods and made a movie about hmm. it, and, but, but my favorite book of Bryson's was called A Short History of Nearly Everything. And it's totally nonfiction. fiction okay. And Bryson took three years off and he studied with the top people in the world from the smallest subatomic particle to the astrophysicists of universe. Oh, and this book is a short history of nearly everything. And there's just incredible, interesting information. I'm re- In fact, he just came out with a brand new one called The Body. And he wow. is going to give me a 650 page tome on understanding your body. Um,
0: your
1: body. I'm only like this far in and <laughs> he's going outside in so we're still on the skin part. You okay. know? And you're reading this stuff going like, what? <laughs> you know minute. what? I also like, you know, uh, I like action okay. and yeah. stuff, but I also like historical. I, I, I'm not done quite yet, but I set out four years ago to mm-hmm. read uh, a biography on every U.S. president. I think I'm um, three or four short of getting it all done. You're almost there. Uh, almost there. I yeah. haven't I haven't gotten the uh, late 1800s presidents yet. Okay. Uh, like Rutherford B. Hayes and Taft and hmm. those guys. I don't have them done yet. Wow. Um, but everyone up through um, Grant. Okay. And everyone then from McKinley to Today, Hmm. so it's between Grant and McKinley, like 1776 to I mean 1876 to about
0: 1896 or something Uh like that. Is there a reason why you skipped the the, no?
1: I just you know, I I, you know, along the way, sure, uh, but I love um, so it's non business books a Mm -hmm. lot that I like reading. That's great, I have to read. So much business stuff all the time.
0: I can only imagine. Yeah,
1: I read business stuff and mm-hmm. articles, and you know what? I have competitors who publish really great stuff. Okay. And so I follow almost all of them and read what they're writing and what they're covering, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's great advice. It is. Yeah, sure. I, I read I read them because mm-hmm. you know everybody has something they can add I read. to the discussion and add to your learning, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, you know business books uh, what what you know I, I will say there is um in addition to Jim Collins which okay. I mentioned yeah. um the guys whose books I've read most frequently about leadership is Patrick Lencioni. Okay. Uh, Patrick and we've had the blessing of having it at a, at our conference years ago. Oh, wonderful coming back again this spring. Okay. But he's written books like *The Temptations of a CEO*, hmm. *The Five Dysfunctions of a Team*, *The Healthy Advantage*: How do you build a healthy organization? One of my personal favorites is *Death by Meeting*, Wow, which uh, talks about how do you actually use meetings. Hmm. And, but he is phenomenal, just like Jim Collins, in his way, with *Good to Great* and *Built to Last*, mm-hmm. and, and a few others. Uh, in fact, um, uh, Jim Collins just came out came out with more of a 50-page, um, and there's a term for it, but it escapes me, but it was about um, having your flywheel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How you do this, which feeds this, which feeds more of this, which feeds more of this, and oh. you develop this powerful business concept. It just keeps feeding itself. I love that. And it was a, it's only like 45, 50 pages. Well, I mean, Jim Collins, along with Patrick Lencioni there, you, you gotta consider them two of the brightest mm-hmm. Men um, of our times understanding organizational development and health. It's just I love that they they get it to the heart of it, and and they both do phenomenal homework,
0: Hmm. and they make their message very clear. Okay. I understand, and I love the fact that you had mentioned several different authors and books and then yeah. throughout this particular interview yeah. so just for everybody out there as always I'm going to have links in the comments down below um, with all these books, different authors so that you right. can feed your mind yeah. uh, the same way that this man is doing or at least attempt to uh, yep. Steve, I can't thank you enough again for taking all this time and sharing all this knowledge about you and your story and your background yep. and, and scaling your growing business but I want to finish everything up with a final question okay. and this one ends up being if you could sum up yourself a man uh, as a professional with a quote or a mantra that you might live by what's that look like Mm -hmm. Christine? I think for a man Mm
1: -hmm. um, who's also a husband and a father um, first most important thing is to have faith faith in God that's Mm -hmm. it starts and ends there and if you start and end there Being a great husband, as best as you possibly can be, being as best a father as you can be, uh, to treat people decently, Mm -hmm. to be a friend to many whenever you can, and then maybe a little bit beyond that, Mm -hmm. to extend that hand. Um, That's it. Okay. It's, you know, the money. You know, as I've told people, you can't, you truly, you can't take it with you. Right. And 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 uh, I remember talking to a real estate billionaire guy, and he, he he's, he's, he's he's a fairly, st- I won't say arrogant, strong-minded. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, strong-minded. strong-minded. And and I remember uh, he said, oh, "I'm not going to do that. and That's a stupid thing." And blah 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 blah. I said, oh, it's okay, no problem." He said. But you know what's funny, he said, I said, what? He said, I really like dealing with you, why do you suppose that is? And I said, well, I, probably I know why that is. He said, why? I said, because you have nothing I want. Hmm. I don't need your friendship, I don't need your fame, I don't need your money, I don't need your name. There's nothing you have that I want. Wow. And so I come back to Faith, and your spouse, and your children, and your friends, and your coworkers, and you know what? If you can, if you could be good on good terms, and do the best you can with those people, you've had a great life. Wow! No matter how
0: much money you have, you've well, had a great life. Steve, I I think that you obviously had represented that through your life thus far, and then some, uh, with everybody that knows you, loves and respects you. Uh, it's been. An absolute honor just to, to have these words of wisdom from you and just sharing. So hopefully, these it's helpful to someone. Oh gosh, I know it is. Everybody out there, yeah. leave comments down below. You love this man, yeah. uh, Steve. It was an honor. Your official Thanks real estate titan, my yeah. friend. Thank so you. thank you so much. Stay well, everybody out there. Thank you so much as always for your love and support, your time and attention. If you like what we're doing here with Real Estate Titans, please don't forget to like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and have a listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Live every Tuesday and Friday afternoon. A different Titan, a different look. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care.